TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Joining us now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, expert pool player Santana Dotson, otherwise known as Super Bowl champion, Santana Dotson, former Packers defensive lineman. Santana, thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. How y'all doing up there? It's burning up down here in Houston, 96 degrees. We're nowhere near close to that, thankfully. No. Um, (laughs) We're at uh, 79, though. Yeah, we're around 80, around 80 down to the 60s uh, this week. If you want somewhere to cool off, Santana, you can always come up to Wisconsin. No, Y'all just need to give me a reason, please. Our plane's taking off again. You know it's a pandemic going <laughs> on. Yeah, yeah, yeah that is no. that is true. Uh, hey, had a great chance, uh, opportunity to read the piece that Rob Domofsky did on ESPN.com with you. For those that haven't had a chance to, uh, to read that piece, can you go into a little bit of detail about uh, how you knew George Floyd? Yeah, definitely. You know, um, George, actually, I won the – state championship my high school jack yates senior high school here in houston we won the state championship my junior year and then uh i went on to baylor and my rookie year at tampa bay when i came back after becoming a rookie of the year over in tampa um george's team he was actually one of the captains on the team he played tight end um they had made it back to the state championship unfortunately they had lost the game um, but they made it all the way back to the state championship his year, his senior year. So the coach, the head coach asked me to come in and talk to the team, which I did, congratulated them. Then they introduced me to George. The reason I remember him because, you know, his nickname, which, you know, everybody comes up in the hood, y'all know we all get nicknames. So his nickname was Freak. And the reason his nickname was Freak because he was 6'4", 6'5", in middle school. So, mm. you know, he was one of the tallest kids that when I went back to talk to the team, we were eye to eye. So, you know, I'm 6'5 myself, and I think George ended up being 6'6, maybe 6'7, but his nickname was Freak at the time. So we were introduced, and, you know, unfortunately, the circumstances that happened nine, ten days ago, then uh, one of the coaches called me again, let me know that indeed who, uh, that's indeed who uh, got murdered or killed up in Minneapolis. So, uh, that being said, Yates High School has always been a brotherhood. It's it's a staple in the community here in Houston. So when that happened, we all been hurting together. You know, and I know you heard about it through your culture. How has the community in Houston, where you guys grew up around, how have they been taking it? Well, you know, it, it's, it runs the gamut, Gary. You know, it, it kind of runs the gamut. When you lose a loved one, and we've all been through it before, um, you go from – sad to angry to disappointed to anxious and you kind of run all over the place but you know one one of the things that we promised ourselves that uh, we were going to speak for uh, Floyd which is really the, the reason I did that interview with Rob uh, we wanted to know they we wanted everybody to know the human 
element or the human capacity. And that being said, he was the type of guy, when you hear his family talking, they're very sincere. Uh, they grew up. Uh, the CUNY homes are, it's a project that's two blocks away from Yates High School. And when you hear his family talk, when they say there was always a pot on the stove and somebody was always, mom was always cooking, same thing with Floyd. If, if he had one and you needed one, he'd give it to you. If he had two, even better, he'd give you whatever you needed and didn't mind going without. Um, he was a family guy, a great guy to be around. So our task or our duty as far as fellow alumni is to kind of get the word out and let people understand that of the person that was really out there in Minneapolis nine, ten days ago that we lost and the world lost. Yeah, I think SD, I think the thing that was sad about it, because he moved in Minneapolis uh, to, he liked the opportunity there. And the thing that really bothers me somewhat is because you've been hearing some negative things that he had to endure. I, what does that have to do with a man getting murdered? But my thing, they had three memorials for him, but Santana, this has impacted everyone around the world. I, yeah. I, I mean, in your wildest dream, did you think that would be that impactful? Because seeing his little girl said, my dad was going to change the world, and it seemed like it's doing that. My man, Leroy, I am hoping and praying so, you know, because you and I are around the same age, and we've seen this. We've heard it so many times in our community. We know that. But we've seen it. We can go all the way back to 92 with Rodney King and that that happened in L.A. And we've seen it so many times that we really are. I'm hoping and praying that this is the change. And when you look at the people that are out, the masses worldwide, um, it's not just people that look like us. It's not just our age group. You've got young kids out there. You've got black. You've got white, Asian, Latino Everybody has come together and are infuriated at what's happened, and they are demanding a change. So uh, my, my hope and prayer is that it doesn't stop because it needs to become a legislative issue. And when you start talking about the, the justice system and the policing of our communities, I, in my opinion, it needs to be federal legislation that goes down to the state's. You know, you've got you've got you've got over twenty thousand different police departments in the United States of America, and their policies and procedures are different from county to city to borough. So until we really have federal legislation that talks about the policies, the procedures, the do's and the don'ts, then it's a hard task to try to regulate these police forces. Talking with Santana Dotson uh, here on the Wendy's Big Show on the Fan, former Packers defensive tackle, Super Bowl champion uh, as well. We saw a, a video that got put out last night uh, on social media from a bunch of def- different NFL players, including the Packers, Devontae Adams, uh, pretty much asking uh, for change uh, from the National Football League. How do you think the National Football League has handled this going back to Colin Kaepernick kneeling up until today? Well, you know, Colin Kaepernick, he tried to send a message four years ago, and it got very distorted. I think we'll all agree with that. Um, He tried to get notice to it. He was sitting during the national anthem, um, and and an army or a military veteran came to him and asked that he kneel. Then he kneeled, and that wasn't good enough. You know, but he tried four years ago to bring attention to this cause. Um, the NFL and the Shield 
quote unquote stood with him or said he had the right to do it. But we all know those 32 owners ended up ostracizing him because of it. Um, and he's become sort of a martyr to the cause. Um, that being said, you know, sometimes you have to make a little bit of noise. I was, I was looking at an old publication of a Life magazine, if anybody even remembers what that is. Mm-hmm. And Martin Luther King, a guy by the name of Martin Luther King in 1960, that issue, he was the most hated man in America. And we celebrate him now. And what was he doing back then? All he was saying was, look, these people have a right to sit wherever on the bus that they want to. And guess what? They should be able to go in. If, they, if, if a sandwich costs a dollar and they got a dollar in their pocket, they have the right to sit next to anybody and eat it. And he was the most hated man in America for that. And sometimes I don't think we really think about the cause and effect of those issues. You know, this is an equality issue. And African-Americans, black people are only asking for equal justice, equal education, uh, and equal rights. It's not like we're mandating something than, than any other American citizen should have. You know, you look all around the world, though, they have been some peaceful marches in certain places. In certain places, there really haven't been any. How's the marches been uh, in Houston, Santana? They have been outstanding. Um you know, we had they had a march on Tuesday, um, and sixty thousand people came out uh, downtown Houston. Um, and again, all races, all ethnicities, all religions, um, and the marches have been outstanding. You know, they've a lot of people are talking about the looting and the rioting, and it's been small pockets um, around the. the the world or around the nation and i'll say this to it again people are frustrated and upset um and people feel like they've tried to do it you know we talked about colin kaepernick we tried to do it the peaceful way and nobody wants to listen it's one of those things you know if i tell you it's a problem and you don't listen then i might shout it next time if you don't listen i might yell it the next time and if you don't listen, I might throw something at you to get your attention. You know, I did it to Leroy a lot of times in the locker room to get his attention. You know, if he's I not still ignore him, Gary. <laughs> he's still ignoring. So, <laughs> you know, you, you're gonna find you're gonna find a way to get people's attention. You know, and I, you know, I, I think ultimately, um, in our lifetime, we can hope and pray that it happens. I think there's gonna have to be some economical impact. Because I, when it comes down to it, it's not a black or a white thing. But when you start hitting people with the green, it ends up being a green thing. So when these corporations, if we demand as private citizens that the corporations don't buy into it until there's equality and hit them in the pocketbook, then I feel like everything else will follow closely behind. And see, that's of what course I want. you're going to have, well, real quick, Laura, of course you're going to have these divisions and of course it's going to trickle mm-hmm. down into the locker room because you have all different races inside the locker room and then yeah. here you go with the comments of that drew Brees made and then you heard all the players then speak out against i mean and, and so then drew Brees come with a, a an apology after that maybe after he heard from lebron maybe after he heard from all these other guys what's your what's your thoughts on the drew Brees comments at first and then apology and the apology afterwards well, I'm, I'm going to t- I'm going to take him at his word, and I'm going to take him at his apology. Um, that being said, he should know better. And why should he know better? Because he's been in the NFL locker room for 18, 19 years. 
and he knows that his brother's in that locker room, or he should know that they're hurting. And if you watch the interview when he said that, I think he should know better and not have taken that bait. If We already know how he felt four years ago because he spoke out about it. So he took the bait from that reporter, and he should have said, you know what, I hate everything that's happening right now. My, my opinion hadn't changed, but that being said, people have a right. My grandfather fought for the right. If, 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 you, if you support the military, the military fought for the right to defend the Constitution. And the Constitution says that you have a right to protest. It doesn't say you have a right to protest until the national anthem is played. It says you have a right to protest. So if you believe that your, your grandfather and your father and your relatives fought for that Constitution, you have, a, have to understand that people have the right to protest, which, again, it goes back to these civil rights and the equal justice and are you real? What's the real reason that you're upset? I mean, when you talk about it, there's two things, in my opinion, that this country has never spoken to, and that's their original sins. And one of those original sins is the land that they stole from the Native Americans. And the other thing is the slaves. Since 1610, you bought slaves to the United States for 250, 265 years. So what that meant is one human owned another human. And that fact, that instance has to be spoken to, because now you say, no, that's not, that, that wasn't right, but, you know, you guys should get over it. That was so long ago. Mm-hmm. That was 250 years of that. Then you had 100 years of Jim Crow laws, where if I jaywalked, I could get five years in prison. Then, then you had mass incarceration, which you were still feeling the effects of that. So all of those things have to be looked at and peeled back and in my opinion, when those things, when Colin Kaepernick takes a knee, the the powers that be says, we don't want to talk about that. You know what? So we're not talking about social injustice. We'd rather talk about why are you kneeling during the, during the national anthem? Because that's not right. No, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to bring attention to what happened last week in Minneapolis, but nobody's listening to me. And that's the thing I was saying. That no one agrees with looting and burning down your communities. We all disagree with that. I don't think anybody's saying all cops or police are bad. It's just the bad ones are making people look bad. At, at Santana, my question is, cause I think one of the biggest things um, uh, as far as football is concerned is whether or not the fans will um, get a chance to go to games. Cause I think right now the people are worried about if the players will kneel. Now the players released a statement as a group, as a statement, different players, and they put it out to the NFL, they want some answers. But if 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 they play in an empty stadium, right? Cause I know me and you had our uh, differences when you stood up and right in front of uh, Steve Young and asked me what hole I was blitzing in. We'll put that to the side. Can you hear their calls? Because I think that was one of the guys saying, "I don't. Want, the fans are not there. It's going to be too quiet. We can't hear them when they want to slide it, line this." Do you think that would matter hearing calls out there on the field? Because I thought I could hear all of what Steve Young was saying. That don't mean I knew what he was calling. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it'll make a big difference. You know, you got calls and you got coverages and you got all those things and hand signals, Roy. That I don't think that'll be a big deal. You know, um, uh, the, the biggest thing about the fans is just getting used to them not being out there. 
you know. And even as a fan, I don't, I don't think this virus is going anywhere. So do you want everybody out there yelling on each other and spitting and eating hot dogs? I don't know if I can really answer it. So, Brock, um, <laughs> you know. So until <laughs> <laughs> so they get a shot or a pill, I think that might just be the pill you have to swallow that. Um, you know, and, and I, I actually think that maybe there'll be a few fans out there, but I don't know if they want to allow 70, 80,000 fans in the stadium right now until we can get this thing under control. You know, and I agree with you, and I also agree with you on the Drew Brees thing, too, when you said, well, you know, I I forgive him. But I think at the end of the day, you're going to have to look into his heart. I think Drew, yeah, you accept the apology, but I think Drew is going to have to prove it at some point. I think his his actions is going to speak louder than, than his words. I mean, because if you're in a locker room, yeah, you got to play with this guy. We know all what he's done when they had Hurricane Katrina down there. He's done a lot of great work in that community and in New Orleans. So that I mean that goes without saying. But I think at the end of the day, he's you know he's going to have to put uh, some action uh, into into place to really heal this up. Yeah, you are exactly right. He has done great things for the city of New Orleans from Hurricane Katrina all the way back to the storms and everything else that he has been a great ambassador off of the field. And you guys know, cause y'all have been in some of the same locker rooms. The locker room is the best, one of the best families you can be in. Yeah. And you have got, if, if, if I had the vision of what I want in America to be, it'd be just like an NFL locker room. Cause you got guys from small town, Nebraska to big city, Chicago, and they all figure it out and laugh at each other, and it's a one big family, and they go out and fight together, lose together, win together, and then go home, and they love and hug on each other's family. So if I had a choice of how I wanted America to be, it'd be like one of those NFL locker rooms. That being said, I feel like that's why so many people and his teammates are so hurt, because you should know when you got that question that my brothers are hurting right now in that locker room. And that might be one thing that I should not or could not say because I need to have a little empathy for what's going on in their community. And I really feel like that is really the hurt factor. Hurt factor is what has everybody so um, vitriol right now against Drew Brees. But I do think, you know, um, I think he's been a great ambassador. He's been great for football. Um, He'll be able to bounce back from it. But he picked a very bad time to say what he said 48 hours ago. Last one, let you get going. So, how have you been doing, Santana, personally, on a personal level? There, I've been doing good, man. You know, it's, it's the roughest part is just talking to my kids. Um, yeah, how like the children doing? About. Man, they doing good, Roy. They in grad school, getting grown. You know, the oldest one is <laughs> getting the grown. oldest one is the only, oldest one is 23. To my daughter's 22. So just talking them to, through this thing and you know one one thing my mom always taught me and talked to me about blood god rest her soul was you want to leave every situation better than you found it so talking them talking to them through this and like you know it's been a series of those incidents um the last two three weeks so talking to them about what was and what could be and we just want so we, I want their situations to be so much better than our situations when they get to be 50 years old and looking at what was accomplished in the great U.S. of A. He is Santana Dotson, Super Bowl champion, defensive tackle here on the Wendy's Big Show. Great piece by Rob Domowski on ESPN uh, with Santana earlier today. Santana, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. 
Hey, man, y'all take care. Save me some of that good weather. Take care. All right, my yeah, brother. Thank take you, care, boss. baby boy. There he is, Santana Dotson on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Is your passion outgrown your home? A Great Midwest Bank home renovation loan may give you the space it deserves. Visit greatmidwestbank.com today. Simply local lending since 1935. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.